of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg. And it is Panhandle Live for this first day of January 2024. Broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building. Panhandle Live, as always, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. Taking you home with full-service auto care. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the show. I'm Luke Wiggs, joined by a, a stranger in <laughs> studio. It's been a minute since Marsha Kvalik and I have put in a shift together. It was before Christmas. It was. And was that I, your Christmas present, like to get a break, <laughs> like a week and a half break? But from what I understand, it seems that like you had a nice Christmas. You got to spend yeah. some time skiing as well. Yeah, my my whole, uh, you know, our, our whole little family was together, and uh, my my oldest daughter just went back montana yesterday mm. so um you know but it was nice having everyone together and yes we went skiing it wasn't you know the snow wasn't as great as it has been other times that we've gone but it's really early in the season and we're gonna have a guest a little later who's gonna tell us a little bit about um snow that might be coming to our region just as a teaser oh and a big fan of the program as well it's going to be a, an interesting conversation to have did you have a favorite christmas gift that you gave or received I don't know about Gabe. I mean, I, I try to get something that my girls would like. I'm not, you know, to, to varying. Dis- you know what? I got a, a, a Hawaiian shirt for my Ooh. husband from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Which, which was cool. And then uh, one of my daughters got me a calendar and one of my daughters embroidered a little picture of my cat, my tortie, <laughs> which was like really cool. And the other one made me a hat and scarf. So like, yeah, I got all kinds of great like, presents. How about you? I, uh, I I mentioned this on the show last week. I got my dad a T-shirt that has the Ozzy Osbourne got arrested in uh, Tennessee one time. I can't remember what he was doing and was wearing a St. Louis Blues jersey. My dad's a big St. Louis Blues fan, so I got him that on a T-shirt. So it's like the mugshot? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Ozzy Osbourne's <laughs> mugshot of him wearing a Blues shirt. Um, dad was big. I don't know if he's going to wear that out in public. Uh, but I know he was a fan of the shirt. Where uh, for a board op shift or something. Maybe, Obviously, maybe. Just... And uh, my parents got uh, my high school uh, cleaning out the athletic department closet, uh, sold some old jerseys, including the basketball jersey I wore <clears throat> my senior year of high school. Wow. So I got that. I'm going to get it framed up. Uh, lost in the state championship game in that uh, black and gold Mustangs jersey. Yeah, but you made 24. it. The, we you did. made it to the state. Champions. We did. It was a fun season. It was. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. And uh, seeing the family and everything was cool as well. And uh, the other big question I wanted to ask you: Did you make it to midnight last night? No. Mm-mm. No. I, usually I do. I try to stay up, but um, I know I was going to be coming in, and uh, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this year to see if the new year comes, even though I'm not up to see it. Mm. And you know what? It did. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, as we turn our attention, and again, we've got uh, more guests to come. We're going to listen to some previously enjoyed segments as we put the 2023 calendar year in perspective. But I've uh, got a couple of stories that we want to hit on here. And a really interesting way to uh, spend the new year, Marsha, more than a half a dozen parks across West Virginia plan on offering a first-day hike on New Year's yeah, Day. including Kikapit. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock this morning, you meet at their, um, I think it's their nature center, and they'll be doing like a guided hike. Um, and it's it's beautiful there. And actually, it's not awful. 
like cold wise, hmm. you know. Um, so you could that you'll, was you'll, you'll it, warm up while you're walking. I don't mind the the temperate weather that we have been having, but no. it was odd to have a sixty degree Christmas. You know that <laughs> I, it's like I was. You know, were you hoping to sled down the hills of home? I will say my my grandma out in, out in P County, Old Preston County, on the farm is some prime sledding territory. Yeah, but, but no not snow. when it, not when it's sixty degrees. Well, I think um, so. I mentioned I went. I went skiing Thursday, and then uh, over the weekend they got some snow mm. uh, in Tucker County. So, and where I I went to see my mom uh, in Southern West Virginia, they were getting sprinkles of snow. So it's it's out there. Uh, it's just not here yet. But again, we'll be talking about that a little later. Absolutely. Anything <laughs> else we want to get on? You know, we had a uh, a, a kind of a somber anniversary, Marcia, mm-hmm. a, a couple of days ago. Uh, a story that, that took place before I moved out here, but I certainly caught up with. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that it's been three years uh, since the tragic death of a, a National Air Guard firefighter in Logan Young. So 167th Airlift Wing uh, firefighter Logan Young lost his life when he was responding to what turned out to be an arson fire. So they're looking to uh, find whoever was responsible for that. And they're looking for uh, information from the public. There's a $23,000 reward for uh, information that leads to an arrest and conviction um, and of course, I'm sure his family and, and um, you know fellow firefighters and those folks at the 167th would love to see this resolved. Uh, quite a, a tragedy. And um, if you go to wvmetronews.com, there is an article there. There's also there are articles uh, based on some of the uh, interviews we've been doing. Uh, Metro News picked those up. Uh, one of them, uh, Delegate John Hardy, uh, has some ideas that he wants to float for the legislative session involving. Um, you know, giving more help to senior citizens who are on fixed incomes in regard to how they pay their property tax bills. Yeah, let's listen to a couple of those cuts really quickly. John Hardy talking about property taxes are going up more and more, and senior citizens who are homeowners are facing an increased tax burden, like you mentioned. I'm worried about our seniors. So our seniors, uh, you know, sometimes get caught in the switches on fixed income, and, you know, maybe their homes have been paid for for 20 or 30 years, but the real property taxes have been going up, and uh, a fixed income to get caught with that. And he says he wants to make the homestead exemption available to more senior citizens. The old standard was 125% of the poverty level. We, we're going to change that to the 200% of the poverty level. The legislative session, a 60-day regular session, will begin on January 10th. We'll have uh, continued coverage from WV Metro News. And, of course, Hoppy uh, will take up residency, as he does so often, somewhere in the hallways of the Capitol building. And we're going to be inviting a smattering of uh Eastern Panhandle delegates and senators, and uh, one of them, I believe on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, state, state pre- uh, Senate President Craig Blair on. Uh, programming note as well, tomorrow we're going to have former Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon on. He's uh, anxious to, to tell what he believes his side of the story uh, now that he has been released um from the duties of sheriff and his attorney has given him the green light. He wants to talk about that. I know already that interview is getting some interest from folks uh, in the county uh, who I'm sure will be listening carefully. Well, let's do this as well. Um, You know, in in preparation for the interview, like you mentioned, is happening tomorrow. You certainly want to tune in and hear it live. Uh, It's difficult for us to extrapolate the opinions of a lot of people as it happens while the interview is going on. So if, if that interview has piqued your interest, get in touch with us now, 304-263-4321. Questions that you'd like to have answered as Marcia and I prep for that interview tomorrow, you know, that you'd like us to ask Sheriff Harmon to make sure that, you know, we cover a, a gamut of different people's opinions and et cetera. Get out in advance of it so we don't, you know, 
we have everything uh, prepared when we, we crack the microphone open and have a certainly in an interview like you mentioned, Marsha, that's uh, going to attract uh, varying different perspectives and opinions and certainly uh, ears around the entire state. And um, as, as part of this, I, I was reached out to by um, folks in the county, and, and I think they probably will be listening and, and may want to come on with a rebuttal. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, this is a story that we're just trying to tell. Certainly. Uh, well, before we take this first break, obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Marshall Thundering Herd won conference play games for both the men's and women's basketball team to start the season. Marsha, as you take the uh, as I take your temperature on the college football national semifinals, has anybody piqued your fancy between Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama? Do you want to pick your college My football national answer, champion? Short answer is no, but I know. <laughs> the, isn't it nice that folks have something to do today? Absolutely, that's that, that's. Um, <laughs> My dad's excited. Um, you know, Kyle Wiggs, as you hear quite often on the morning news, usually gets up around 4.30 in the morning. Um, he's taking tomorrow off so he can help me move some stuff mm-hmm. over to our new apartment so he gets to stay up and watch the games. That's awesome. So he's, he's excited. We It's it's high, high stakes, though. Uh, we plugged in the Internet last night. And it doesn't work. So we need to get that oh, fixed no. by the time Kyle comes to town. Well, you'll be all watching on your phones. Exactly. Or we're or gonna going be back to, to Squirrelville yeah. and watch from. The Internet still does work there until Xfinity shuts it off here in about 12 hours. So, you know, or we might just end up at. Uh, uh, famed oh. local establishment, Buffalo Wild Wings. Or Captain Benders. That's true. One of those. Sure, We've got absolutely. plenty of options. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get to this first break. We've got more to come on today's Paint Handle Live. Like you mentioned, we're going to get a an interesting weather perspective coming up here in just a couple of moments. What kind of weather to expect? It's so funny, Marcia. I've heard this is the worst winter we're, we're going to have in the next 15 years from really? some people. And I've heard this is going to be another temperate winter in the in a long line of temperate winters. Mm. So let's get an expert's opinion. And then later on, uh, we're going to put a bow on some of the top news stories for Berkeley and Morgan counties in the year of 2023. So don't change that dial. You're listening to Panhandle Live. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg, it's Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building here in Martinsburg. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at countryroadstire.com today. It's Luke Wiggs and Marsh Kavalik with you in studio. And the phrase, friend of the program, could be no more true, Marsha, than our next guest. Absolutely. So uh, we've been teasing it a little bit because it, it feels like snow out there. And we might actually get some snow. So joining <laughs> us via phone, Will Astle from West Virginia Eastern Panhandle Weather. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, uh, you know, we don't we don't like to scare people. We don't want people to, you know, make a run on the on the grocery stores. Uh, but is is the weather that's coming up, uh, you know, as far as your forecasting actionable? I mean, are, are people going to want to prepare a little bit for this? Yes, this is definitely going to be uh, a, our first uh, big, well, maybe not big, but our first snow event uh, since a year and a half ago. Wow. Our, wow. That puts yeah. it in perspective. <laughs> yeah, what we're looking at, um, all the models are seeing the same thing, where basically there's going to be a, a storm, a low-pressure center over the Ohio River Valley, and that's going to transfer its energy to a coastal storm, which will then move north up the east coast. And when that typically happens, that puts us here in eastern West Virginia in the bullseye for snow 
accumulation. And what I'm looking at right now uh, is probably what I told our, my followers this morning, uh, more than five and less than 14. Oh, wow. Well, that's some wiggle room. (laughs) (laughs) That's a safe bet, Will. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're still a good ways away, and there's plenty of time to to fine tune that accumulation. Uh, But it will be will definitely be plowable, and will definitely be shovelable, and definitely sluttable. Oh, that's all. nice. There you go. Um, well, let me ask you this. I mean, leading up to this weather event, like you mentioned, I think, you know, what makes these kind of snowstorms worse than anything is if it starts with a tremendous amount of rain that then freezes as the temperature dips. Is, is there any way to predict, you know, when the, the, the precipitation starts falling, if it's going to be snow or are we going to have some rain potentially before? No, what we're going to see is actually Friday is actually going to be extremely cold. It's going to be a low of about 20. Um, so the ground's definitely going to be cold enough. Friday is going to be sunny and nice. The precip doesn't start until about midday on Saturday um, when you'll see the precip starting to move in from the southwest. Um, it's, going to, it's going to be all snow the whole time. Um, the cold air is definitely going to be in place, and it's going to be thick enough in the atmosphere that what we've seen in earlier storms uh, last year was they were coastal storms, but they came with a lot of warm air that eroded the cold air out. Um, This time, we're going to have several days where it's going to be in the 20s at night. And we do have a couple chances of rain and snow um, this week, like today, and then again, maybe Wednesday morning and then Thursday morning. But all these little systems that are doing and moving through is they're just setting the stage to reinforce the colder air for the storm this weekend. So it's kind of like a perfect scenario that if I were at a poker game, I would be going all in at this point. <laughs> so our guest this morning is Will Astle from West Virginia Eastern Panhandle Weather and, and your scope, uh, you know, the Eastern Panhandle for you is the greater Eastern Panhandle too. Uh, and I'm sure our friends over in Tucker and Grant County uh, are really happy to see this for their their snow make, making and their ski resort efforts. Uh, for the rest of us, though, who have to drive to work, um, this could be, you know, a little difficult, especially those of us who work on the weekends. Is, is this going to affect the back-to-school traffic? Do you think this will be on the ground and, and make some things hard for folks as the week begins next week? Uh, I think it potentially could cause some problems for Monday morning. Uh, I know a lot of teachers follow the page, and they they really get excited about, you know, any potential extra days off. But um, there is the potential for another coastal storm next weekend after this one. Wait, what? <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> yes, but wait, there is more. There could be another coastal storm. So that would be two potential snowstorms back-to-back uh, this weekend coming up and then potentially the following weekend as well. Well, which leads me to the next question then, Will, because you know a lot of people have speculated what this type of winter is going to be as we get into January and February. Looking broad picture, you know we're coming off of some pretty moderate winters over the last couple of years. Is this an indication that we, uh, we might pay the price for some of those uh, uh, lesser snowfall winters as this one seems to have a couple of, uh, couple of significant storms in the chamber? Yeah, I think what we what we were seeing last fall is we've been seeing coastal storms since September. 
because that's that's the El Nino pattern we're in. But we were missing the cold air with the northern jet stream, and we're starting to see a possible, and I hate using this term, but polar vortex mm. um, that's going to be breaking off from the larger polar vortex over the North Pole and over Canada, breaking off and actually rotating around and, and moving into the area, which is the only other piece that we were missing in getting a lot of snow. So we'll ask Liz with us, can you distill down to us, because, you know, there's been a lot of complicated language <laughs> that you're using, but distill down to us basically timeline and what to expect here, you know, in the I-81 corridor? Uh, we're looking probably wiggle room, probably midday on Saturday, the snow will start. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, the road crews starting to pre-treat uh, roadways on Friday since it's going to be nice and sunny and clear. Um, and there's not going to be a rain beginning and then change the snow. Uh, I think you'll see the pre-treating start on Friday, and the snow should start in earnest uh, Saturday afternoon, and then snow extremely heavy uh, overnight Saturday into midday Sunday. Well, as uh, th that day gets closer, like you mentioned, Will, and you start to get a clearer picture, where can people find your coverage? Where can people find more information? Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, they can follow me on Facebook. Just need to type in. WV Eastern Panhandle Weather in the search bar, and my page should be at the top. Uh, it should pop right up, and they can follow me there. And also on my website at www.wvepw.com. Awesome. Very good. Our guest this morning, Will Astle, as you mentioned, from WV Eastern Panhandle Weather. We appreciate the coverage, and uh, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And again, Will Astle of WV Eastern Panhandle Weather. We've got a break to take. When we return, we'll turn our attention back to some of the ongoing coverage from local journalists of the year of 2023. You're listening to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Luke Wiggs and Marsha Gavalik with you here in studio. If you missed any or part of our discussion with Will of West Virginia Eastern Panhandle Weather and uh, some some deep rev revelations here we had about the... Uh... <laughs> he emailed me back. Sorry I snuck in that two-storm bombshell <laughs> hey man, people got to know. People got to know when there's snow. You know, it, it's Better always to know. It it ne absolutely right. It it always seems to me that despite our our best uh, our best made plans, that first snow is always the worst one. Well, people, you don't know where anything is. That's like, true. But my it, scraper. It, it, you're right. And then people are like, "Well, I'm not going to put my snow tires on until the snow's on the ground, and <sighs> then the snow's on the ground, and." You know, and you so, can't drive out and get them put on. Exactly. So, you know, we're doing everything we can uh, to make sure that you have all the information Not you to need panic. before you hit the road. Yeah, exactly. No, don't go buy all the bread and milk. I think we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this together, and we're going to get through this with uh, more coverage from uh, Will of WV Easter Panhandle Weather. We appreciate him giving us the time. Well, Marsha, we got to have some fun interviews over the last couple of days uh, with some local print journalists, and uh, you got to sit down with Tony Milburn. I did, and um, and if you want to see more of her uh, coverage and the journal's coverage of their, um, you know, their top ten from last year, uh, you can read that at the journal. And and uh, it's always interesting because you're like, oh yeah, that happened, that happened, because uh, we were talking afterwards uh, Route 360, the mm. fact that it was closed down, um, and then of course when you guys were talking about um, talking with Kate Shunny from the or from the Morgan Messenger. That um, killing that happened at Cool Font, like right in, in the holiday season this time last year, uh, a year's a long time. 
Um, but, but anyway, here's some of the, the top um, stories from the panhandle uh, as I sat down with Tony Milburn from the Journal. As we look back, um, oh, you know. Oh, gosh. It's been a year. It, it, it always is. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think probably are most, are more notable kind of bookend the year for me and of course, that is what has recently happened uh, with the two troopers in sure. Martinsburg that got sure. shot mm-hmm. and injured. Obviously, uh, Trooper A. Bean uh, released from ICU, but still a long road ahead of right. him. Uh, we've been covering that. Uh, Hoppy's been talking to his father mm-hmm. a good bit. And uh, if that's not a tearjerker, hearing his father being interviewed by the bedside where you can hear the, the equipment going right. off right. Uh, just ended me. Well, and I mean, to say that, you know, as much as he, meaning Abe's father, is dealing with this, what caught my attention was a Facebook post that he made that was an update, but then it was a call for prayer for somebody that he met in the hospital that was going through something else. Mm. You know, and and to me, that was just, while you're trying to deal with your own tragedy, right? you're looking at something someone else is facing and asking for support for them too. And uh, the the updates that we got from uh, Major uh, Jim Mitchell from the West Virginia State Police Department who was also talking to Hoppy, um, you know, saying this was a this was a misdemeanor warrant right. they were serving. They talked to him through the door and said, you know, we'll have you, you know, you'll be back this evening. It's not going to be a big, uh, a big deal. They never saw this coming. No. And I, you you wouldn't think that. I mean, this that was a routine task, mm. you know, that you never... I, I couldn't imagine thinking that anything like that would happen with such a routine task. Right, absolutely. And it just goes to show you never know. You never know from one minute to the next what could come. And certainly that story is, is on the minds of everyone being as fresh as it is and happening when it did. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, something like that at the holidays some kind sometimes escalates how terrible it is in people's minds. And so definitely something that we'll reflect on. We're all grateful that the troopers are are here, that they survived. Yes. And I know his injuries in particular, uh, Trooper Spessert's, uh, you know, he got shot as well. Uh, Trooper Abe Bean, his his injuries are very serious and will be lingering with him and he'll be recovering from those for uh, some time. Uh, But as you said, you know, it really hits home closer to the holidays. Uh, bookending, as I mentioned at the beginning of the year, January 6th was a notable date here locally uh, because the daughter of Sheriff Nathan Harmon got into a car accident. And uh, you can read our ongoing coverage about that. Uh, he um, got into some hot water, because of, not because of her accident, but because of his uh, actions following the action or following the accident. Um, there are allegations and, and now an admission uh, as part of a plea deal that he did impede in the investigation. Right. Right. Again, something that you don't expect in your routine line of duty. And, I mean, honestly, that shouldn't have been his routine line of duty that evening. And, you know, looking back, I wonder, you know, does he reflect on what I should have done instead? I can only imagine that he would as it has led to you know, now we're, his last day is today? Yes. Yes. Midnight. Today. Um, yeah. So we have reached out to Sheriff Nathan Harmon, and he doesn't want to come on when he's not sheriff anymore. He said his, uh, his attorneys had advised him to um, 
could not speak. Uh, I think he said it muzzled me for now. Uh, <laughs> but he does have some comments because he feels as though a lot of this is motivated, um, you know, politically or otherwise with malintent. He maintains that uh, he he was acting in accordance to laws. Uh, however, as part of that plea deal, he did plead guilty to a misdemeanor count of obstruction. And as part of the plea deal, uh, was was tasked with retelling the events of that night. One of the th- um, the aspects of which, and you can read that in our ongoing coverage, the actual um, the the um, filing that the prosecuting attorney's office in Berkeley County uh, had, which had a lot of other kind of ancillary allegations. Right after those four misdemeanor uh, counts were were brought up, and and he was arraigned on those, and some of them. Uh, really fleshed out the investigation and, and said details about his activity that night that, in fact, he called another trooper allegedly to the scene that he, a breath test was uh, initiated and that his daughter did test, um, you know, over the legal limit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you, I've read the court documentation and to see things that were not publicly known initially, it, it calls to question how much of it is allegation. And I understand, you know, that that Nathan Harmon is indicating that it's a like a witch, you know, it's a good old boy network to Mm -hmm. use his own phrase. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the facts like that, technically, they don't lie. When when the independent uh, prosecutor, and that's Morgan right, County, Morgan uh, County's prosecutor, uh, Dan James, James mm-hmm. um, you know, got on this case, and then an independent investigator from the West, West Virginia State Police also was tasked with this. Uh, it it was done so to get it out of the county. Right. So how far does this alleged corruption go as far as a, a witch hunt or a, a good old boy network? That That's the question. But there were things that came out in that investigation non-related to the accident as well. So those, uh, there are other concerns, I think, that people are looking at. Potentially that uh, he treated some um, of his subordinates differently depending on whether or not they supported his his case. And again, these are allegations. These are not going, you know, as far as we know right now, they're not being prosecuted right. in a court of law. These are just part of the, the paperwork that was filed as that petition for removal that the prosecuting attorney Katie Wilkes Delegetti filed, and uh, the uh, Berkeley County Commission signed off right. on uh, in agreement to, and and has resulted, of course, uh, in the resignation now of of Sheriff Nathan Harmon. Uh, his uh, deputy sheriff uh, will now take the reins until that uh, election uh, next year can right. can give us a, a permanent sheriff. But um, pretty chaotic. You, obviously, we're still following that story as you are. Uh, Nathan Harmon uh, may be a guest in a future, uh, very soon, Panhandle Live, and they'll talk about that. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll we'll just try to cover all the angles. Yeah, I mean, coming into the new year, it'll it'll beg watching to see what happens. You know, I, nothing I don't believe would bar him from running again, which has because been it's a misdemeanor. Some of that talk out he, there. He sure. pleaded guilty to a mm-hmm. misdemeanor, and that um, that shouldn't preclude someone from. Holding office, or Correct. Uh, part of the, the plea agreement does, though, uh, require him to uh, to uh, to disclose parts of that um, that plea deal when he is applying for any law enforcement or safety, public safety right. related job. 
Uh, so there is that. So uh, very interesting. Now, our guest this morning, Tony Noborn <laughs> from the journal uh, Cracker Porter. And uh, <laughs> we have we have leaned heavily on your coverage of uh, the chaos. Can I say chaos? Yes, at the you Jefferson, can. At the Jefferson <laughs> County Commission. Um, wow. What what a year. It's what been. a year it has been <laughs> down there. And, you know, I mean, I think, as you know, I've been covering them for more years than I can remember at this point, probably close to 25 years mm-hmm. covering commissioners over time. But this one probably takes the cake in, in things happening, things being chaotic, as you use the word. And I, I don't think it's over yet. Let me just say. <laughs> so they've met. There is, they, they are back to meeting. Mm-hmm. There's a fifth commissioner. There is. And so some business is happening. Yes. But but there is still a a petition in Jefferson County Court, right? Uh, Right, right. Prosecutor Matt Harvey filed that petition for removal to remove Trisha Jackson and Jennifer Krause, and that petition is still in the court. Um, I have not spoken with Mr. Harvey as to whether he plans to try to see that through to fruition, but it looks like that's his plan right now. So when I did reach out to him soon after the commission started Mm -hmm. meeting again, that seemed to be the the direction. He was just going to, you know, it's it's in the hands of this three. It's going to run its course, It will be in the hands of this three-judge panel. So again, uh, but amazing work that you did and and showing up to an empty commission (laughs) room. There were always a, a few audience members, you know, but no faith, one in the front. The faithful ones that that came, um, you know, and again, whether it be right or wrong, how each of those commissioners chose to get their points across, they were sticking with their own beliefs and trying to do what they all felt were best for their constituents. I believe that that they all, in their own minds, think that's right. Our, our guest this morning is uh, journal reporter Tony Millward, and I know that you have uh, you're filing a top ten list of your own to be published in the journal. We don't want you to necessarily scoop your own story, but what are some of the other stories that that really got your attention from twenty twenty three? Well, gosh, now you asked me, and that whole list just went out of my okay, head. I'll give you um, one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, no, go ahead. You well, said. I I know that. You know, of course, we have Carrington Childress getting ready to head off to Miss America pageant mm-hmm. in January, so she has made our list. You know, when a, a local hometown girl, this is a big deal for her. Absolutely. And um, as as I said, I, I announced this list at the Rotary last week. And, and speaking about Carrington, I've been covering her since she was Little Miss Jefferson County Fair, which shows my age. But, you know, it's it's a <laughs> it just shows it's a your community to, institution. Yeah, it's a path to follow. And, mm-hmm. you know, how exciting for her. Absolutely. We had her on last week and we had uh, uh, Allison Dodson, Dodson as yep. well. And it's exciting to hear these young ladies and their poise and how excited they are to go yeah. to Orlando, where it's going to yeah, be more, it's gonna be nice and, warmer. Yeah, we're going to get cold, I think. Uh, um, but we can sit in our warm houses and, and watch the competition. But you're right. that is, And isn't it interesting that in the year that was 2023, we're talking about these very significant, awful instances in which you know a sitting sheriff is unseated, uh, two troopers are shot, and... Right. And then we've got this bright spot. Yeah, yeah, and there are bright spots. I mean, you know, you have to you have to look for them some days. <laughs> you know, of course, in Berkeley County, the the medal. Uh huh. CSG. C, no, it CSG? it's C something M mm. something medal. Okay. Commercial medals. Yes. Yes, commercial medals. That's on our list. 
you know, they broke ground. Another great business coming to Berkeley County. And that's always a plus up here. Right. Um, Gosh, what else did we Martinsburg Police list? Department. I'm not sure if this oh, made your yeah. list, but we have a new chief, of course. That and did that make was, our list. Um, yeah. That was something I think we didn't really see coming because we have we had a uh, previous chief of police, George Swartwood, on all the time. Right. Um, but I think he had some reasons behind um, behind leaving his post. One of them that his daughter uh, was going to be, um, you know, away, and he wanted to make sure that right. he spent as much time as he could. Well, and I believe he had 39 years in there, so right. it wasn't like he left. Abruptly, abruptly. And that was, you know, both Chief Swartwood leaving and um, city manager for Martinsburg. Right. Absolutely. Mark Baldwin. Mark Baldwin. Yeah, I don't normally cover Martinsburg and Berkeley County, so I feel like I should have made notes this morning. I appreciate you Um, making the stretch. But um, (laughs) those, and and we also looked at the fact that both boards of education, Berkeley and Jefferson, have new superintendents in 2023. So that's Tony Milburn of the Martinsburg Journal in a previously enjoyed segment of Panhandle Live. We've got a break to take. We'll head out to Morgan County on the other side and get some of their top stories for 2023. You're listening to Panhandle Live. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Luke Wiggs and Marsha Kovalik with you. We've got Metro News Talk Line coming by in just a couple of moments from now. But, Marsha, it's not just the Berkeley County perspective we want to get for 2023. A lot of interesting stories happened in Morgan County over the last year. So glad you guys got to talk to Kate Shunney, the editor of the Morgan Messenger. It's a special year for them as they turned 130. The Morgan Messenger, you know, we, we have wound up <clears throat> by being around for 130 years as sort of being a historical archive for Berkeley Spring, Drake Escape, and Pawpaw, the smaller communities in Morgan County. Um, part of what we did to get ready for our 130th birthday was look back through our archives, and that's, you know, I've been here for 20 years, and that still blows me away, the, um, the span of history that we've captured over 130 years and, and that we have there for anybody to, uh, to see, to review. So being able to continue to do that today I think gives our our staff a real sense of purpose to know we're part of the, you know, the thrust of history, as they say. <laughs> well, certainly. Well, before we talk about the the stories of 2023 specifically, you mentioned you went back and looked at the archives of 130 years of journalism. I mean, were there some things that surprised you? Some things that you maybe didn't even know about yourself uh, that the paper had covered in its uh, its illustrious history? Oh, sure, of course. I mean, you know, each of our communities in Morgan County, a lot of people just think of Berkeley Springs and Great Cape and Pawpaw, Hedgesville, you know, but the, some of those, the smaller communities that were the hub of life because that's where schools and churches were, you know, there were a lot more uh, names that older folks know, those communities around the county, and, and they each had their history to them. They each had comings and goings and Crime stories, you know, crime stories from the 1890s are pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sports, community baseball teams, towns that played each other. Uh, and, of course, how major events like the World Wars affected local people, service members, people at home doing their part to support those efforts. So, you know, we've got it all from the local to the international 
Well, for, for the Morgan Messenger specifically, I mean, your distribution, you talk about, you know, the, the extent of what you cover in Morgan County, which, you know, landmass isn't necessarily the biggest county in the state, but you've got some geographical challenges, certainly during the winter months. I mean, is it a, a bit of a unique challenge in distributing the paper to some of the, you know, more rural and maybe remote areas in the entire state? Mm, you know, it, it can be. We have a great team of people. We kind of, uh, when we get the paper back on, on Tuesday afternoons, the Frederick News Post prints us, we get the paper back on Tuesday afternoons, and then we have a great team that kind of splits up, you know, into different into different directions to drop papers off at uh, stores and gas stations and take them to the post offices just to make sure that our subscribers uh, and readers get the paper in a timely fashion. <laughs> there have been a couple of times where weather's slowed us down a little bit, but um, we try not to let it stop us. <laughs> Certainly. Well, as we look back at uh, 2023, obviously we have a couple of days left before it's uh, completely in the books. But, you know, let's just uh, start listing them off. What were some of the, the stories that certainly caught the eye uh, of your uh, attention that uh, you directed the readers to through the Morgan Messenger? Well, I think probably there are two or three real big stories that played out throughout the year. Um, the construction of the Berkeley Springs Bypass has been, um, you know, it was really began in earnest in 2023. And so this plan and this uh, public project that we've been hearing about and talking about for, honestly, 30-plus years started to actually take shape. So um, people could start to see where it was going to begin, where it was going to end. It affected, obviously, <clears throat> property owners along the route who maybe had to move or lost part of their property. It impacted, um, you know, how which roads you could use because it's cut off a couple of, of roads that were used by locals. Um, so it's sort of a combination of fascination, people watching this enormous project take place um, and trying to plan for what kind of growth that's going to bring along a whole new highway corridor. And what's kind of, you know, been the, the perception of, of your readers, at least from what you can tell, you know, the majority in favor of the bypass and, and what it's going to mean for Morgan County long term? Yeah, at this point, yeah. I mean, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, there was a real community debate over that. You know, lots of people were worried about what that would do to the downtown businesses carrying traffic away from them and being and there are still concerns about that. But I, I feel like the community sort of duked it out, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, so that by the time the funding and the contracts were awarded, there's still plenty of people who are concerned about it. But I think at this point, they're just trying to project into the future about what it means for moving around the county and what it means for economic development. So I think that's where we are at this stage. Absolutely. And I guess Kate Shunny of the Morgan Messenger, you know, what else jumps off the page or the newspaper, if you will, uh, from 2023? So another big um, issue that came up was the West Virginia Division of Natural Resources decided that they wanted to get proposals about putting RV camping in Cacapin State Park. So Cacapin Resort State Park, which is um, which is the premier state park in the eastern panhandle which you know is very busy it's being developed with mountain bike trails and and its visitation numbers have just shot through the roof so the dnr decided to find out if some private company wanted to put rv campgrounds inside the park 
so they solicited some proposals for that and got several and that caused uh, an enormous community discussion and debate about whether that was appropriate for the park given the size and scale and given that it would be a public-private partnership and after several public meetings where rooms were filled with people uh, debating that the DNR actually decided to not move ahead with any of the proposals that they had received our county commissioners, after hearing the public's input, told the DNR that they did not think that the proposals they had gotten would fit the character of Kikapin State Park. Um, and that seemed to be persuasive along with a lot of other pressure from people who just didn't think it was a good fit. Well, can you talk about, you know, a, a role that a newspaper plays in a story like that? First of all, you know, alerting the public to, you know, what's going on, potential prospects down the line to make people aware of it, but also kind of relaying to the rest of the world what kind of the, the tone is of your listenership when in regards to a proposal like that. Again, to you know, first make people aware that it's happening, and then secondly, to, to convey an entire county's opinion on the matter uh, to the rest of your listeners. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, obviously there's a public notice factor to any kind of public project like that seeking, you know, RFPs. And um, the state had had released that request for bids at, at the state level. You know, we had heard about that. They And, you know, just brought it to the attention of, of our readers that those proposals were being sought. But, but really our primary focus was, um, letting people know when the public meetings were, and then attending the public meetings and the, and uh, sharing people's input. So, I mean, there was a county commission meeting where the, it was literally standing room only. And, you know, just this good old-fashioned journalism, you just sit in the room and write down what people say. <laughs> and, then, and then you publish that very large story so that people can read through. Some of the comments were in favor of it. You know, many were against it. <clears throat> and then, of course, people write letters for the opinion page uh, for and against the proposals. And so, you know, we're just a conduit for for those opinions, basically. And again, Kate Shunny is with us with the Morgan Messenger. What else cracks your list of the top stories uh, in Morgan County of 2023? Um, well, we got a DMV. That was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty exciting. Have you been able to use it yet? I, I did, actually. I think I went the first day. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. It was. Uh, the, the other thing, you know, there's a lot of economic development stuff coming together this year, and I, I think it's obviously tied to the bypass and some other things. But um, our planning commission approved a permit for, again, an R, a KOA-branded RV campground um, in Great Capen area. And, um, again, it was a split vote, so even the planners were, were a little back and forth about it. But it was another standing room only public hearing where residents of that area were concerned about what kind of traffic and environmental impact and safety impacts that a large campground at the bottom of a mountain, windy mountain road would have on the community. So that was another uh, story that played out over uh, several months. 
And again, Kate Shoney of the Morgan Messenger is with us. You know, you mentioned 20 years at the Messenger. Uh, spending other time in journalism, you know, have, have you gotten the chance before covering uh, the great county of Morgan County to spend time, you know, other places in the mountain state or other places potentially in the country? You know, how, how is it different? You know, Berkeley Springs has got to be one of the most unique towns in the world. How unique is it to cover, you know, not, not just from the, the county perspective of Morgan County, but uh, uh, the jewel that is Berkeley Springs? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Morgan County uh-huh. and then uh, left for college and graduate school. So I've lived other places. I've lived in other places and read their papers. I have never worked as a journalist in any other community. So I probably have a, an unusual experience in that in that respect. I've done other writing and corporate world and stuff, but... As far as journalism, you know, I was schooled by uh, the late editor, John Douglas, you know, who uh, he didn't have to teach me about the community, but he taught me about journalism. So that was Kate Shunney's interview as well. The top stories uh, from Morgan County in 2023. Luke Wiggs, Marsha Kavalik with you here for a couple of seconds before we give way to Metro News Talk on coming by top of the hour. A lot of news and a lot of great coverage uh, from a lot of great local journalists. And of course, as I mentioned, go to the journal. You can see that top 10 list. And I'm sure the Morgan Messenger has been looking back as well. Uh, but we really appreciate their time. Well, if you missed any or part of today's show, we're going to be posting it a little bit later on in our Panhandle News Network Spotify page. Our conversation with Will Astle of WV Eastern Panhandle Weather uh, talking about uh, some potential snow that we're going to get over the next couple of Five days. Five to 14 inches. Exactly. Wow. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, as always, with another edition of Panhandle Sports Live and Panhandle Live. For Marsha Kavalik, I've been Luke Wiggs. Metro News Talk Line is coming up next, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. WCST Berkeley Springs.